Hello and welcome back to the pod. Holy shit, do we have a good one today. Like there's been an insane amount of uh, new events that have happened in the past 72 hours. Uh, big one here in home, Quebec, uh, introduced our new lockdown rules. Uh, Bev, what do we got? Well, it's uh, oh, I guess they they've started to put a curfew in on uh, on the other their uh, their lockdown. So I think if I remember right, it's five in the morning to like eight o'clock at night or something like that. So you're only allowed out and out and about if you're an essential worker or, or you know one of those type type folks. But uh, yeah, it looks like you can walk your dog within one kilometer uh, of your home after curfew. There you go. There you go. There's something. <laughs> I can see why Quebec had to go and do that though, because like I'm sure most of the people there just don't give a shit. Like couldn't couldn't be bothered, right? So they got to do something pretty extreme. Because I know in Ontario they they didn't uh, they decided not to do that, but like in, as, and I think generally speaking, Quebec is a lot more uh, well laissez faire, right? So they just do whatever they want anyway. Yeah. Well, the one thing I don't understand about curfew is like, how does that stop the spread of anything? Like the people who are going to go out and go see their friends, they're still going to go out and go do stuff that they're not supposed to. But instead of just stopping in for a visit for like a couple of hours and then going home, now they're just going to fucking sleep over. <laughs> yeah. You know, they're just going to honestly, um, all it really does is just give them more power as far as ticketing people. I think that's really the difference is that uh, I know when they're just under like a regular lockdown, uh, a lot of the things like people don't realize the wording and a lot of the things going on, like both like in Quebec and Ontario and in other countries is like a lot of times it's guidelines and, and, and suggestions technically and not really law. So I think once they go to a curfew, it gives them a little bit more um, kind of leeway with, with what they can do with ticketing people. And like you said, if people uh, in Quebec are basically not giving a fuck, uh, this is a great way to, to give the police the power to, to just hammer them with the, with the tickets and stuff like that. I don't know. I'm, I, it's crazy to me. Like they're on one hand, like I, I get it. But on the other hand, it's like, like, how far are we going to go here with basically having like no freedom whatsoever? Like it's, it's insane to me. Like, I, I don't think, I don't think it's, I don't know. It's like, it's crazy. I know there's people out there protesting and stuff like that. They're like the first night they had people in, in Quebec in the streets. Uh, but there's also people that are like super okay with just being told to like not move a muscle. And, and I don't know. So I, I'm just, it doesn't yeah. sit right with me. It's, well, it's the weird. thing, the thing I want to understand with this is, and, and I, think it's worth a deep dive is like where are all these coronavirus cases coming from because i if i remember right not too long ago like the vast majority of them were just coming out of long-term care homes so if like, like those people already live on curfew and lockdown so i mean what's what's it gonna do if you implement more of that right so that's i don't know it, the, that's the thing that that seems like the disconnect for me is like they're just implementing i'm concerned they're implementing these broad policy uh these broad policies without doing like well perhaps having the due diligence but not acting you know in a more targeted manner yeah i think they don't know i think that's kind of what the reality is i think that they are at the point now where they the numbers are continuously going up and they still don't know but like once again you know when you do dive a little deeper in, into the numbers you do realize that like i mean the deaths are what matters like cases are cases like people get freaked out about cases but like 90 plus percent whatever that number is of cases is just someone getting sick 
for a week or two, or, or they tested positive and don't even have symptoms. Um, you know, they just got told they had to get tested because they worked with somebody who was in close contact or whatever, right? So that's the thing is people are getting like scared by these case numbers and like you should be looking at the deaths. If we had like crazy amounts of deaths every day, like hundreds and hundreds of deaths every day, like I, I get it, but like I think we're having like it's like 20, 25, like four, like it's like these yeah I, I know, uh, like these are people's lives i don't, I don't want to like make it trivial but like it, it it happens like if you're 80 plus like it's sort of like you're a candidate sorry but like that's kind of how it is for any disease not just COVID. yeah yeah and, and that's and that's the the main point of this like it doesn't make any sense that like yes uh the largest group of people who are going to be catching COVID are between 20 and 39 like that's an insanely large demographic group that they they threw out there but like of of course that's the largest group because those people are the ones going out and about the most they have those are the biggest workforce out there so of course they're going to be doing stuff like so we've had seventeen thousand deaths so like i just want to see if like where i can find uh just like the death rates and the majority like i was looking this up before the majority of people who died are in long-term care facilities mm-hmm. or there's 70 like, plus yeah, but the majority of them are in long-term care facilities. And, um, it's another interesting note while you're looking that up. I noticed they, they said uh, 15 million people have been uh, tested so far, so half the population's gotten a test at some point. Yeah, but like the thing is, like I got tested, I don't know, three or four times so far, so I'm, I'm four of those 15 million, you oh, know what I mean? Fair enough, yeah. Yeah, I wonder if there's anywhere where they're where they have tracked like uh, unique tests. Like I'd like to see that number where we like to get the actual number of people. Cause I, I do know a few people who've had more than one test. So like 15 million, you know, what is it really? Is it 5 million? Yeah. Yeah. And I think that makes sense. Cause <laughs> I guess generally speaking, if you're getting tested, it's because you're going into, you know, like, like you work in a hospital or whatever, right? You're in a vulnerable environment. So you, yeah, it's, it's probably the same few people like or few in quotations kind of getting tested over and over yeah i knew someone uh, i still know them (laughs) but they uh they worked specifically with elderly people actually like teaching them about technology uh before all this happened and then obviously during this uh they've tried to keep up with that as much as possible because these people that's their only like way to reach the outside world now and yeah they were required basically every two weeks to go so um when they were allowed back in those facilities for the short few months before they got locked down again, uh, that person I knew was going every two weeks. So then there was like three months worth of that. So mm-hmm. there's a lot of people in that situation, I think. Right. Oh yeah. And, and like what, what I don't understand, and this is ridiculous in my standpoint, like, so I, I've heard it now, like very anecdotal evidence, but two times this has happened where, Someone in the household tests positive for COVID. Uh, so the other family members go and get tested for COVID and they both test negative. They refuse to retest the person who tested positive, even though they don't have any symptoms or anything like that, refuse to retest them, but make everyone in that household locked down for two weeks. You have to follow the rules. You don't want to get the tickets or anything like that. But if the fucking one person didn't, it tested positive and the other two didn't they sleep in this and like one of them sleeps in the same bed as the other person what do you mean they don't have COVID? like how does that happen like exactly. you, you're, it doesn't make any sense like these tests aren't a hundred percent 
and like you should be okay opening up to the data like sometimes there are false positives when you are getting tested like for some people for this person their job made them get tested every single week so every week they're going for a test and then one of those weeks over 25 weeks they test positive one in 25 a mistake that's not bad that's not bad at all but the rules are absolutely not you stay in lockdown for those full two weeks we will not retest you and confirm that you have it or don't have it Mm -hmm. fucking stupid just go get the fucking test again just to be sure like why not if everyone else in your household tests negative chances are that was a fucked up test maybe i don't know yeah it's also like it speaks to a lot of the the transmission uh side of things too right because maybe that person really is positive but like you know necess- the people that they live with necessarily didn't catch it too so like what does that mean i just think there's like a lot of unanswered questions here and i feel like some in some ways we're, we're learning a lot and we're, we're changing the way we look at things but in other ways i feel like canada and u.s and a lot of different countries and stuff like that are just going after the same really simplistic ways of looking at things that they were in march and haven't really you know like there's so much more data out there now and i think we got to start utilizing more of it and I that's think it's part of how we find like- a way back to some normal life right I think it's like half measures like like going back to uh, on what the last podcast we talked a bit about New Zealand and what they had done and they kind of went you know full tilt in their their restrictions and like travel restrictions as an example and in Canada US it's everything's just a half measure right nobody's really we're not really nipping the issue in the bud everyone's just 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 doing enough so it looks like we're doing it or we're, or we're implementing policy but you know we still have all these little loopholes here and there so that's just kind of the impression I've gotten over the last little while where it's it's we've even with uh, Ontario right now being in uh, in lockdown it's way more open like it seems business as usual versus you know the last lockdown back in March which everything did pretty much grind to a halt so it's it's not quite what they uh, what they're saying it is yeah I'm just looking to try to find deaths hospitalizations to date so look at that if if you are over the age of 70 you account for 54 percent of the hospitalizations if you're over the and then another 16 and a half percent if you're over the age of 60 like obviously this is the case yeah like and, and like, you can click deaths i think yeah deceased there sorry guys just for anyone who's only listening we're actually looking at a screen on the uh government of canada website here so a bar chart kind of showing us uh, the different uh, metrics we're looking for here so what do we got here so between uh in canada uh hospitalizations da, da, da. canada zero to 19 three people died uh 20 to 29 24 people died 30 to 39 47 people died uh and 40 to 49 118 percent uh 118 people died so between w- one and 50 uh, you are sitting at less than 200 people died. One in 50. And then you got 400 people died in their 50s, 1,100 died in your 60s, 3,000 died in your 70s, and 11,000 died in their 80, 80 plus. Yeah, so we're talking 14,600 people, uh, 70 plus have died out of the total 16,400 people. So that's like almost all the deaths being 70 plus. Like, <laughs> uh, like what does that work out to? 80, 88%, 89%. 
Yeah, so I, I said 90 earlier, and I was just guessing. and It's pretty freaking close. That's it, really close. And, like, it's it's bad. Like, it, I hate uh, I hate to, like, uh, limit anyone's life. Like, no one deserves to die from this or anything like that. Like, of course not. But, I mean, people in their 70s and 80s who are dying from this, like, I wish, like, I'm sure there's a chart somewhere, but I don't see it right here. What percentage of these people who died, of the, like, let's say 80 plus, the 11,600 people who are 80 plus who died, percentage of those people were in nursing homes like if you're in a nursing home you're not doing good like if you're like my my grandmother lives alone in her house and she's fucking 85 she's healthy but these 80 plus people are living in nursing homes they're not healthy they can't Mm -hmm. survive on their own like if you are physically fit and you can survive on your own chances are you're not going to be fucking dying from this like these people are dying because they're fucking they're old and they're in nursing homes they're going to die from fucking something whether it be covid or fucking whatever hey this is crazy like since it's this is since it began since it began yeah less than 200 people between the ages of zero and 49 have died here in canada yeah, less than the, 200 those people. are the people who are you know financially suffering the worst right like yeah. those are the working years people right like and students yeah. and and uh, yeah, like that's that's what seems bananas to me. And, and once again, I don't want to sound like we're trivializing people dying because no. it's awful. Um, but, you know, from my experience with family members and things like that who've been in this situation, exactly what you said. In a normal year, these people would just die from a cold or from getting pneumonia or like, you know, like this is they yeah. would die from that. They just happen to be dying from COVID this year. But it's no different than if they just got the flu last year and died. You know, like it's still awful. They're dying. But it, it, it is becoming insane to me that people that are in the prime of their life their their working years their family years you know schooling uh that are the ones that are suffering the most as far as you know uh like especially on the financial side of things right and then the mental health side of of being you know in society those are the years where you spend that time and it's just hard because you know obviously i'm in that group so i'm biased but every group is suffering in their own unique way, I think is what it really breaks down to, right? Like when you think about people with kids, like it, it honestly, I don't have kids, but I know friends who do. And it's, it breaks my heart that, you know, that they have young children that are experiencing, you know, a, a real shit time, uh, you know, in those young years where you should be able to go play with your friends at the park and they're being told no and don't understand. Like it, it's insane. Um, but I just think there's gotta be a different solution here. Cause the problem, like you said, it seems localized, you know, to that lower region of the chart we're looking at. And it's not really affecting, you know, in a major way, folks in their thirties and forties and fifties and even sixties. Right. Like, yeah. Like this is why a more targeted approach I think would be, it makes so much more sense. Like open it up and like get things back to normal, you know, quote unquote normal, then do the lockdowns at those at nursing homes, at uh, retirement homes. That's where it's locked down where you're making sure, you know, the people coming in, like you're getting tested every day, you know, focus all your testing resources there instead. Like it doesn't, you know, it's it's like having someone like like one of us going because we're going out to visit someone, going to a facility to get a, and we have to get a COVID test. That's a waste of a test. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Well, here's here's another idea. Like PSW, like personal support worker, those people who are working in nursing homes, they make less than twenty bucks an hour Canadian. Okay, you like so far Canada spent whatever. Like the last time I looked, it was over four hundred billion dollars on COVID. How about paying those PSWs and those nurses and those doctors, whoever's working in those long-term care facility, good money 
and they just have to quarantine. Like, hey, I'll pay you 40 bucks an hour to look after this until this COVID thing goes away, but you got to live in a hotel away from your family. You can't do shit. You can't do anything. You're on lockdown, but I'm going to pay you double to fucking do this. Everyone's going to sign up for it. They're like, yeah, 100% I'm going to sign up for it. It's just like, why do people go work in the oil sands or go work in a mine in northern Quebec or wherever? Yeah, no one fucking wants to do that. No one wants to go live underground, but they do it because it pays so well. Why would people want to go work in these nursing homes, like be on lockdown, like you can't go see your family and friends, whatever? Well, they do it for money. Of course they do it for money. And that would cost way less than locking everything down, shutting down. Like I saw that uh, news report that 10,000 restaurants closed last year in Ontario alone. Like that's a lot of that's a lot of money. Like, yeah, sure. Probably half of them were going to close anyways because they're shitty fucking restaurants. But I mean, that's an extra 5,000 good ones that you didn't want to close. You know, it's it just doesn't make any sense. It just like you said, Bev, like a more targeted approach to handle what's actually happening like looking at this one right here like so three so we got 500 people total have been admitted to the icu under 40 years old since this began like that's still a lot of people like that's still a lot of people but that's not that much of the yeah. 6400 bucks yeah and like the, these are the people who are working yeah and the chart you see there too where it says admitted to icu 80 plus is only 871 people yeah because they're not making it to the icu right like yeah. it's yeah. like you gotta you gotta kind of know what you're looking for when you look at these charts too right like they tell a story and yeah, i just don't do know how people stuff. like doug ford aren't seeing this story like like we're uh, just some regular what do you Joes, man you, you, they see the story but i mean that story doesn't scare people like you know like here's a great example uh, i think it was global or city or one of the news places throws out a news article there saying whatever, 5,000 new cases or 4,500 new cases, a new record. And then halfway through the article, they say, oh, this includes whatever, 400 or 600 cases from the other day from a recording error. Well then, so it's not a fucking new record, is it? It's in the 3,000s, like it is every other day. Now, 3,000 people out of a population of 15 million? Yeah, it's not that high. But do you like, see the recoveries though? Like that's why a lot of people don't, don't scroll down in the article and read the recoveries. And that's the one thing that I've been saying since you know, early on in this and, and is like, what's the net change though on a daily basis? Like, yeah, 3,200 cases, but then you look at recoveries and it's like 2,800 or something. Like we've been floating around, this is Canada numbers we have on the screen here, but like in Ontario, we've been floating around like 20,000 cases active for like weeks. You know what I mean? Like it's like huge amounts of people are recovering at the same time. So it's like, I don't know. Like, yeah, I don't know how people don't, don't do that simple math. And it's just, it's not... <laughs> It's not like if, if it was like 3000 cases and 3000 deaths a day, then yeah, I think we should definitely be locking down and, and, you know, risking it all to protect the people. But I just don't see it here. Like, it just doesn't make sense. Like just anyone with a logical mind looking at this, like, I don't know how you can ignore the reality that's in front of us. Oh, but big D you're, you, you don't understand. Like the, the reason why the numbers are the way they are is because of the precautions that they've taken. <laughs> You know, like that's always the argument that they're going to uh, that they're going to give you like, oh, yeah, like what we're doing is working. What we're doing is working. Well, what you're doing is if what you're doing is working, then these old people wouldn't be dying yeah. at this rate. Like they're they're dying because they're old and something's going to get them like. Just... I don't know about uh, you guys. One thing I've noticed is like in the last because basically we're, we're pretty much at a year now with COVID. 
um i haven't uh, i didn't get a cold or anything i or like uh you know like runny like uh you know like a stuffed nose or anything at all this year so do you think that's due to everybody wearing masks or do you think it's because uh, uh everybody's washing their hands all the time and sanitizing uh i think it's a little of both i myself yeah. got sick but uh that was an anomaly and i know exactly i'm 90 sure i know what day and how i got sick it's me being a fucking idiot and then i got sick besides that like of course everyone's yeah. just sanitizing their hands I would say like a few things. First of all, personally for myself, you know, 2020 was a year where I made a lot of health changes and stuff like that too, which I think <laughs> helped helped with my overall, you know, ability to fight this stuff off. Two, Big I D's think, now medium D. Yeah, medium yeah, exactly. You have to change my name. But I think that, you know, um, yeah, the cleanliness that everyone's taking is definitely different, you know, obviously making an impact. Also the fact that we're just not going as many places being exposed to as much, you know, as we normally are. But then the argument that I keep hearing, and I actually see, you know, a little bit of, of truth to it is that your body actually needs to be exposed to a, a, you know small amounts of bacteria and kind of dirt like you know as as your day goes on and and uh, to keep that immunity high so what's going to happen if we do get to a point where it's like okay hey guys masks off and then everyone's body has not been dealing with like any uh you know bacteria or any kind of uh, germs and suddenly you know like people are going to be getting even even more sick from like what should normally just be a regular cold like i don't know i just feel like you got to be really careful, man. There's two sides of the coin on all of this. And I'm like, I don't imagine, you know, that I, that I have all the answers that you guys do either. And I just, I just, I'm trying to see both sides of it. Like I really am. And uh, I just feel like, you know, Canada and, and Ontario, like we're doing the same fucking things over and over again and expecting a different result. Like clearly it's not working, you know, and like, Oh, we'll double down. We're going to have a curfew now because COVID, you know, only comes out at night. Like what the fuck? Like it doesn't make any fucking sense. Like I, I just nope. don't see it. Like I don't. I don't see how that's that's the solution that they, the the best they could come up with. These, you know, you see Doug Ford on. I like Doug Ford just for the record, but like you see him on on Twitter and he's talking about oh we were we were all weekend you know in the cabinet and we we're having the meetings and all this like what what the fuck you came out and just said what, you know what exactly what we knew you were gonna say like like what did you actually talk about did you actually explore anything new no you're doing the same shit and it's just frustrating to me like like why are we not trying anything different. Yeah, that's yeah, but but that's the question. Like, what do you do at this point? Like, you've already spent the money that you were given for this. Like, you got to just double down on it, just like anything else. Like, there you you're doubling down on these uh, these policies that they're putting in place because you have to because you can't admit that you were wrong. Because if you admit that you're wrong, then your opponents are just going to capitalize on that. Would come next election. And What's so, the story of lawsuits, though? Like, if I'm a small business and I just lost my shirt because you you said to do this and it turned out to be wrong, and you actually titties. admitted it, right? Like, tough tits. Yeah, like, I yeah, mean, that's it. Much. Yeah, you like doing business in this country. Like, you have to abide by our rules. Speaking of that, like, how about right here? New York Stock Exchange today. Uh, old Bev, why don't you give us a little uh, rundown on what's happening in some Chinese uh, stocks today? I have absolutely no idea. I've never ever read any of this. Oh, uh, so uh, Trump put it, uh, my understanding, uh, Trump put in a couple months ago, weeks ago, whatever, uh, executive order banning uh, any companies with ties to the Chinese military off the New York Stock Exchange. So they're now delisted. Off of there, so a bunch of companies are now being delisted 
from the U.S. or New York Stock Exchange. I know uh, from a while ago when I was I was reading about this because I know they were they were concerned about um, uh, some of these companies were basically being used for I guess, effectively money laundering. So and they were using the money that was coming out of it to invest in military technology, various military technologies, and not so much like kinetic, you know, like buying big guns, but buying like uh, 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 computer equipment and cyber, more cyber warfare type uh, type equipment and things like that. So. That uh, makes sense. I know Trump had been pushing this hard that uh, there's so many of these companies that are just just bullshit, basically. And we even saw this like, when we were looking at Chinese companies maybe two years ago. Uh, so many of them were just like, like it'd be a company that allegedly does, you know, like bio, um, uh, bio uh, generated, you know, like burning like wood chips and stuff for energy and stuff like that. And really what they'd be doing is just funneling money back into some parent company that does, you know, like sonar systems or something like that. So it's all kinds of sketchy stuff going on with those. That, and that's why when you look at all these like NIO, for instance, like what some of these big Chinese uh, automotive companies that are blowing up right now on the on the exchanges, like what's really going on behind the scenes, you know, because you, you have absolutely no idea. Mm hmm. And of course, all the filings, if you actually deep dive some of these companies, like it all, it looks legit through the filings, but, uh, you know, in terms of what's actually happening day to day versus what's being uh, reported to the regulators are two very different things. So three investment banks saying, uh, oh, the Hong Kong Stock Exchange, da, da, da. I guess New York Stock Exchange pussied out. Hmm. Have to do a little deep dive into that. Sorry, boys. It's probably so much money to be made on those stocks. I mean, like the investment banks make a fortune, like raising, doing all, all the, uh, uh, you know, investor relations type stuff and all the transactions and picking up all the, uh, the, the placement fees and all that type of stuff. And then the exchanges are making all the money on people buying them. So it's, I don't know. I mean, greed, uh, greed is going to dominate over, you know, altruism in this case. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, senior U.S. officials are discussing whether to add Alibaba uh, to that. Uh, speaking of Alibaba, whatever happened to uh, that Where, guy? Yeah, where's Jack, Jack Ma? Ma? He's gone. Like nobody's seen him since uh, it's either August or October, one of the two. But either way, it's been months. So they're like, oh, he's just you know laying low because he was criticizing the CCP. It's like, <laughs> I don't know, man. Like laying, he could be laying. Maybe six he's hanging out with Epstein yeah. somewhere. You know? Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. So yeah, this. So Jack Ma, uh, he's the was he the CEO or, or he's Alibaba guy, right? Yeah. And, yeah, uh, and the largest, their largest single shareholder. Yeah, and you know, in in like a country that's not supposed to be a capitalist country, and then yeah, this guy just disappeared, literally disappeared, and, and there's not even a lot of news around. I'll just see a story once in a while where it's like, hey, where's this, where's this goof? And then it just, I haven't seen anything else about it. It's like it's it's so suppressed, it's wild. Hey, we got a NPR right here. <laughs> Falling out of the radar. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure if it's NPR. Oh, it's fine, guys. No big deal. He's just—he's on vacation, guys. And he's on vacation at the bottom of the fucking ocean somewhere. Yeah, he's. Oh, he went on a cruise. <laughs> yeah, you put on these uh, cement boots and uh, just have a rip there, bud. 
Yeah, he's, a, he's a weird looking guy though, eh? Like, yeah, he's a bit of an odd fellow, that's for sure. He looks almost like an alien. I wonder if he went uh, <laughs> went back to his home planet or something. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Chinese government considering to nationalize <laughs> Alibaba and the ant group? <laughs> Sounds like wow. they already did, bud. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that's hilarious. Wow. Yeah, China is such a weird place. Now. Like I know, I just know through work. Uh, so like we deal with a lot of uh, Chinese expats and in some cases, current Chinese. And it's, uh, it's a weird environment to be in. Like really, really weird. It's like, cause there's, uh, there's always stress over like doing, you know, business dealings and it, j- just in itself. But now you have this added layer of how do I make sure I appease the CCP so they don't friggin' You know, blast me off into space with Jack Ma, you know. <laughs> October 24th, he gave that speech uh, criticizing it. No, there it is. Because yeah. they were trying to uh, do a new investment bank, I guess. Well, that didn't turn out too well for you, did it? <laughs> <laughs> this is the type of stuff that they should be, like, there's so much, like, crap being reported about the U.S. and Like, Trump tweeted this and that. It's like, who gives a shit? Like, this is the kind of stuff that's way more interesting. It's like, how does this the, this billionaire, you know, one of the yeah. most uh, wealthy people in the, the world, start this, you know, pretty impressive service, pretty impressive company, and Chinese and the guy, this foreign government just says, no, you're, you're done. See you later. Yep, that's it. Uh, yeah, it was too good. So we're probably going to nationalize it. And uh, you're just gone. That's yeah. it. This is ours See you later, now. Guys. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, that's well, wild. you know, just to kind of just touch on it. I don't want to go too deep. But yeah, Trump isn't tweeting about anything anymore. It sounds like uh, folks. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I'm just going to kick this one off by saying, you know, whoever's listening to this, you know, whatever way you lean, you know, take take that out of it and realize that the current sitting president of the U.S. has been censored. That's insane. That is insane. Yeah. It doesn't matter if you agree with them or not. It's it's insane that they're yeah. that a, a private company is able to do that. Yeah, and and look at this, like tr- like uh, for our, our uh, listeners uh, that are watching on YouTube here. Uh, even uh, Trump's best friend uh, Merkel has his back on this one. Because like it's not up to Twitter to decide who can and cannot s- speak. Like that's the thing, the thing that I find the most concerning out of this. Like if Twitter oh, says God. we don't want you on the platform because you know like we don't like what you're saying, that's okay, fine, no problem. But the, then he goes over to Parler, which is like a Twitter for right wing people. And so he goes on, makes an account or gets set up on um, Parler. I think they already had something set aside for him. So he yeah. sets that up and then Google uh, Play Store pulls Twitter or Parler off. Apple pulls it, pulls it off. It's like literally anywhere he goes, they're just attacking. So and then Amazon this is where their web hosting. Exactly. Too. And yeah. so this is where the problem is now, where it's like, it's like this is a politicized, like it, it's, it's politicized attacks on these industries like this should this is this is should not be allowed at all this is what's concerning but but this is how the system is so broken because in a regular let's say world like businesses get permission from the government to operate within their borders and sell to their citizens like that's how it works that's how it's set up to work but uh, especially in the u.s where you have uh lobbyists who can and corporations who can act as individual people and have individual rights. Now they are dictating 
what is and is not reported on as you can see with trump like they have the power now you've shifted the power away from the government to the people more and for now like i'm sure the backlash of twitter banning trump is going to be horrific for them because they're just going to get regulated to shit like everywhere across the world now because everyone's going every world leader just watched trump like 80 million people or whatever following them on Twitter just gets shut down off every single platform. You don't think right now that they're all writing policy right now to prevent that again from ever happening? Of course they are. Of course they are. And if they're not, well, tough shit, then you can't have access to our country. And that's probably what the backlash is going to look like. Like, that's a scary backlash where the Internet's going to be regulated by country over and over again. Like, it already is in some extent. But it's just going to be more and more. It's not going to be free and open now because some fucking tech billionaires think, oh, fuck this guy. I don't like what he says. Like, and what he says is crazy. Like, mm -hmm. throw it out there. What Trump is saying is fucking crazy. But There's I mean, a difference, if he, though, between yeah. you don't like what he says and, and you not allowing him to say it. Exactly. That's, exactly. It's, it's insane to me. Like, it doesn't, like I said, it doesn't matter which way you lean on Trump. It, it, it's, it's, you, you know, you should be able to go on there and go, hell yeah, brother Trump 2020 on his tweet. And you should be able to go on there and be like, you're the worst piece of shit ever, you know. But like either way, he should be able to say what he's got to say and then you can react to it. But just to, to take the that out of the equation is insane. Like, uh, you know, a friend texted me the other day when this happened and said, you know, uh, private uh, tech companies are now the government. That's essentially what they're saying is that we're yeah. now we will now tell you what is the news and what isn't the news and what is true and what is false. And, you know, that was already bullshit. They were flagging, you know, like we talked about this a few podcasts back. They were flagging only right wing politicians, every single tweet they would tweet, they were flagging. But then we, we went and we looked at left, you know, lefties like Bernie and, and AOC who were saying equally off the wall shit in the other direction uh, and nothing is flagged. No, that's all the truth. A hundred percent. And everything that this guy is saying is bullshit, you know? Good morning, America. This might be, uh, you know, <laughs> misinformation. <laughs> like, literally, Trump could have, could have fucking, you know, said, like, anything. You know, Happy New Year, and they would have had it on there. Like, it was fucking insane. It, like, it's just, it was just like a, you know, we were talking about the, the blanket regulations around COVID. Well, these are just, like, just blanket rules around every right-wing politician. Like, oh, just flag literally everything they say is bullshit. Like, I, it's fucking... It disturbs me in a, in a very deep way. Yeah, this well, is why, like, uh, like I was uh, with the the like our, our good friend, our conspiracy friend, the Don, talking a bit about how uh, the FCC just put out a note, or, or the the White House just forced the FCC to put out a note emphasizing the president's ability to broadcast through, uh, I guess, public channels or whatever. Or he has the right to to override uh, programming or something like that. So it just makes me think like they were they were ready like I wouldn't be surprised at all if they were ready for this they knew it was going to happen they they've they've been planning around this and you have to realize that the people around him aren't dumb I mean these are all people who got him into that seat and he's picking people who are who who are you know killers basically they're really aggressive intelligent people and that's who he's putting around him so I mean like these guys they got to have some trick up their sleeve I always I'm always hopeful they got something that they're cooking yeah, and I would think that they'd have to have something cooking right now. Uh, the other thing that I don't understand is like, do these tech companies just look very short term like that? As in, 
uh okay we like it's a very favorable next presidency like uh like it's a blue presidency for the next probably two terms like it's very rare that's a one-term thing like the trump turnaround but i mean who who knows with the next one but eventually it's going to come to a point where oh look at this you guys are too big you guys have a monopoly we're just going to disperse you like if they could do it to fucking at&t 20 years ago like oh at&t you're too big you're you're a monopoly put it out there how long before amazon and google and all those people are just broken up like that that's it it's just going to be done yeah yeah, the amazon thing is crazy like like you think about everything that they have their every pie they have their finger in right now like it's like they they would be the candidate number one i think on that list personally sorry bev i think you were jumping in there no that's that's basically what i was saying is like they're it's already start like you, you can already see the net impact of that like you can for sure think that like biden's looking at this saying well that was effective you know obviously using social media and all this this was super effective for setting that narrative but like man what if something goes uh what if something happens to me or if i make the wrong step like i better like right away they're going to step in and deal with it and then they're going to be pitching how it's it's you know the antitrust type thing where it's good for the consumer and we're trying to help the people and all that kind of bullshit but um, the, the, like the steps are already there. Like I, I, I feel like if you're if you're you know Mark Zuckerberg or something, like you you're basically flipping a coin. Like uh, you know, am I gonna get am I, am I gonna back these Democrats who are probably gonna turn around and and uh, screw me over? Like you know, generally they they do. Or am I gonna back this guy who's kind of like this crazy semi racist? Uh, you know, like just wild dude. Like, what do I do? Like, ah, the safe bet is the safe but dumb bet is to back the dumb uh, Democrat. The ballsy bet is to go with this crazy guy. But you can well, tell they all made that. In my opinion, I think they backed the wrong horse. But well, do do? Zuck did a good thing up until recently where he was just jumping on the bandwagon, uh, where he just stayed completely out of it. He's like, we are not censoring his tweets like Twitter or was censoring his tweets obviously but he's like not censoring posts or anything like that like just who cares like this is it is not our job like it goes on there or in the summertime like it's not our job to do that like we are not an editor because they don't want to lose that status they want to abide by the newscaster rules they just want to be an open message board because they don't want to be liable for all the crazy shit that's said on their platforms because you are liable for those things if you are under those things, and you can be sued for that if it's if it's false or defamat- uh, defamatory or whatever. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, like it's crazy to think. You know, when did Facebook stop being a social media tool and start becoming news? Like, like for that to even have to be a daily consideration for them is is wild. That's not what their platform was designed for. You know, and and then it seems like they've now taken that turn where they they do think they have, you know, the responsibility and also the right to start censoring and and, and sorry, but you know they're they're building a narrative, right? Like it's it's no longer just here's the information. What do you think? You know. Yeah. Well, it'll be interesting to see what happens in the next couple of years as far as regulations against social media companies because it's coming now. Like they just. Everyone just opened up the floodgates where those eight companies or 10 companies or whatever ban Trump right at the end, like a sitting president. You ban him from all the platforms. Uh oh. Well, the next sitting president's going to think, well, you do it to them, you do it to me. Absolutely not. Yeah. Yep. No way. 
nonsense. I don't want to go down conspiracy alley here, but just a, a note, you know, it's not January 20th yet, folks, either. So, you know, until Biden's sitting in that seat, we really don't know what's going to happen. So I'm really interested to see what kind of podcast we have in a week from now, <laughs> you know, like, or nine days from now. Uh, yeah. I, I still well, think we got some, some fireworks coming in the next little while. Well, like one more thing before... Uh, uh, like I can just show it right here. Uh, so, acting head of Homeland Security resigns uh, recently. Uh, it's like more of a forced resignation uh, because he was found to be unlawfully holding the position as the temporary head of Homeland Security for the last year and a couple months. <laughs> uh, but whatever, like he he resigned right at the end. But they're they're getting ready for armed protests in every single state across this country uh, across not this country across the u.s like they're getting ready for it like they have fifteen thousand national guard troops in washington right now getting ready for a bunch of people with their fucking guns coming out and protesting this election like at the end of the day like half the country voted one way half the country voted the other way which always fucking happens but it's getting more and more polarizing every single year and this one by far the worst one uh, out of all of them and like go back and listen to any of our old podcasts we we have some uh, pretty funny ones uh in regards to the those voting machines uh, and everything but something's going to be happening and like it it's already planned on happening starting on the whatever the 15th or the 16th i think this article said uh wherever it was and, and they're just getting ready for it. i just we're living in a TV show right now. We're living in a Netflix miniseries. And yeah, it's, it's, it's wild literally to think. season yeah. four of uh, House of Cards, basically. Not that crappy one where it's just uh, uh, when when they wrote Frank off or whatever. Nobody even watched that one, so I don't even know why I'm referencing it. But the, <laughs> it's basically, it's that season. It's basically going down. This is uh, Trump is your Frank Underwood, and it's all coming, uh, all coming to the end. That's wild. Well, thanks for joining us. Uh, we'll have to make another one of these in a couple of days or when the next time something huge pops off. And uh, who knows? Maybe maybe we'll get uh, old conspiracy boy out. Uh, I don't think so. I think he's afraid of getting canceled himself. But, uh, hey, you never know. I think, we could, I think we'll be able to get a special guest on. We'll, we'll, he'll be disguising his voice. But uh, we're going to get a special guest on. He's going to walk us through exactly what's going down in the U.S. Ooh. right now. Everything that's happened. He's, we're going to pull all the pieces together and give you a real clear story on. Now, this is all legible. This is just stuff that we've heard and we're stitching it all together into a more cohesive story. But I think it's all it's going to be a good show. Let's just say that. I'm excited. Until next time, everyone. Until next time.